Oh, that was sour. Oh, don't hog that all, Steve. Here's my cup. Pour it out. Hey, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, pouring. Oh, uh, New pouring. Holland Brewing Dragon's Milk Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout podcast. I decided when I got that diabetes that I would drink beer only when it was good beer, a special beer. And this, this is that real good good. This is that good good. I mean, I have a Coors every now and then, but I'm trying to not go crazy with the beer these days. All right, uh, first ad. I, on the other hand, am locked into a job that I need to probably figure out a way to not be working anymore. Whoa. What does that have to do with beer? <laughs> That's a total side tangent. It means that uh, my drinking frequency has increased. Ah, I see. Got that stressed job drinking, huh? This first ad was sent by Isaac Arbeck. It's called Kiss My Bass. It doesn't make any sense because it's spelled bass, like bass, but it doesn't rhyme with... It, that was a sticker for fish, not for a bass. Oh, it's Kiss My Sweet... Sweet Bass. bass. It rhymes more like with face. It's like Kiss My Sweet Face. Yeah. 1968 Fender Mustang bass guitar body. Here's a 1960s Fender Mustang bass body. The guitar it came from was dated 1968. As you can, so if it was dated in 1968, it's probably made in like around 1950. It's sweet then, that it was dated it, then, but when did it get married? Ooh, like 1972. <laughs> When's the real anniversary? As you can tell, it's been heavily modified. It has a monkey grip carved into it, oh and my the gosh. entire thing has been painted brown and adorned with stickers this that's would... not a monkey grip that's at best a gorilla grip <laughs> and maybe even like a yeti grip that's like a king kong grip it is huge it is huge <laughs> it's made for a creature with three oh, fingers man. apparently i forgot it's, how thick that stuff is. it's a good beer mm, we've been uh, sitting on that one too long it's been in the mini fridge forever yeah, it's called aging, Ryan. This is the classic case of just these poor Mustang bodies being mutilated and ravaged by people who didn't appreciate them into the 70s and the 80s. And they wanted something crazy and they picked up a pawn shop guitar and just mutilated it. Yeah, this guy says uh, this would make a cool project body as is with the new coat of paint. Yeah, just paint over all yeah, of that. Yeah, just paint it. No problem. Yeah, just paint it. I have left the copper shielding in the pickup and control cavities. Oh, thanks for that. Um, strap buttons were also not removed as were the string guides or what's left of them. There are aftermarket bridge options that would work as well. This is not for the faint of heart. Oh, man, you got to be brave to play. I this just face. like these stickers. I don't really understand them. Like the stickers are kind of fun. Like when was like what era of of existence were you slapping a Zappa for president sticker on, and also something about voting Bush out, voting the son of a Bush out? So. Like, was this in the 2000s? Like, And that sticker for the radio station looks very 90s. Yeah. The Edge, 103.5. Also, that Sesame Street kid sticker is so edgy. I love the Sesame Street sticker. I love the relic on it. All these cool stickers that we love are on the back. <laughs> on the front, you have the really lame kiss my sweet bass i think this other sticker up here says the one cool god 
yeah, maybe. I I actually really like this eyeball art that's on here. It's some sort of decoupage, collage, uh, like eyeballs from magazines all over the base. I think that's cool. I think that should have been the theme throughout. Just carry that across the base. Don't do the giant gorilla grip. The other stickers on the front, get rid of them. Uh, but the, the kind of like worn in relic, nasty decoupage thing I'm on board with. But man, that monkey grip ruins the whole thing for me. All right. How much would you pay for this? They want two fifty. I wouldn't pay for this. I'd take this in a trade with a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> like, uh, throw in that body, I guess. I'll hang it on the walls. Decoration. Yeah, Just so have something the, awful it, looking here's around. The issue is like you can buy this like era of guitar. I guess I should look for the bass. Yeah, right. A, a skilled woodworker could rescue this. They could cut out a wood plug that would fit in there, and they could bondo or wood fill around it enough to give you enough to sand, and then just give this a solid finish. You could refin this, but the amount of work involved is probably not worth the trouble. You could probably just buy one of these bodies, right? Well, so that's the thing. Is like, so I found a 1967 Fender Mustang bass. Oh, that's just the neck. Jeez, where's the rest of the instrument? <laughs> I'm gonna search. For 68 uh, Mustang bass. Oh, here we here. Body. Here's an Olympic white full bass. This is the full bass. We got the full bass. They're here. saying it's like $1,800. Would you pay $250 for the mangled body of an $1,800 instrument? I wouldn't. No. I could buy uh, a, just a blank body for 99 bucks, apparently. <laughs> That's different, though. I'm hoping to run into an actual version of this. That looks kind of similar for 350 It's a road-worn style. It's not an original one. But you could get a clean version of like what this is trying to be for not much more than what they're asking. Right. And if you're trying to complete like a vintage build, like this thing is so mangled. Oh yeah. I don't know. If you're a woodworker and you look at this and you think, "Oh, I can resurrect this and I can do something interesting with it." Then I don't I my gut says 100 bucks. I kind of want to if I think if I somehow stumbled onto this, I'd want to put Lego men in the like super glue some Lego <laughs> men into the the monkey group. Oh, did I tell you uh from 2 weeks ago that that fish telecaster that had the fish resin inside of it that the guy reached out the guy wrote to me and he's like hey if you want the piranha guitar you were talking about let me know and i'll make it for you i saw the <laughs> messages i didn't read any of them and i very politely asked how much would something like that cost and he's like oh about 2800 bucks and i was like you know what that's not that crazy i mean it's i don't not. have i don't have the budget for it but uh if i did have you know piranha guitar money laying around he could make it happen and his his build look builds look really clean a bunch of people on that episode he's clearly the right guy to do that a bunch of people on that episode were like um were like oh yeah that's this guy like did it like they knew who the yeah, guy was or he was local and then one person said that uh we were all right i don't know if it was he was mad at you or mad at me uh 
because of our discussion of the words translucent and transparent. Oh my gosh. So anyways, do you have anything else interesting to say about this base body? Nope. Kiss my base, Ryan. Sweet, my sweet kiss base. That sweet, sweet base. That big baby base. <laughs> What's new, man? Um, I spent a bunch of time uh, the other day working on my Jaguar. I've had this uh, early to mid MIJ Jaguar since uh, August, maybe? Yeah. July-ish? Something mm-hmm. like that? And I play it from time to time, and I kind of have not been playing it enough because it needed some work. Uh, the switch up here had been going bad. Okay. So I popped it open and realized that a wire had just completely come loose. Nice. So that was an easy fix. I just resoldered that. Uh, I bought a replacement for the trim. The original trim uh, had some sort of issue where it would feel like it was catching on something mm. and had like a step to it. And they would never return to tune. Oh. So, I mean, if you do subtle stuff with it, it was fine. But you know me. I like to dive. Uh, so I was always pushing it out of tune. So I replaced it with this American Vintage reissue that I got off of eBay for a deal. Like, I think I got it for like 55 bucks or something oh, like wow. that. Oh, wow. Usually they're like 100 bucks. Yeah. Some guy was selling it on eBay. And I was like, I got to grab that right now. So I've had this sitting. I don't know if you've noticed it on top of my reverb unit yeah. for months now. I didn't know what it was. And, I mean, uh, I knew what it was, but I didn't know why. Then I used the D'Addario uh, uh, guitar care pack thing yeah. to give it a nice polish and knock back some of the dirt. So yeah, it looks all, real clean. It's all shiny clean. I you can some... really see where the true dings are now. Yeah, you can really see, <laughs> see where the real dings are and where there just used to be dirt. It even cleaned up the chrome really nice. Yeah. I was worried that the new trim wasn't going to match the original chrome, but uh, it cleaned up the old chrome really nicely. I even put uh, some... Some fretboard treatment from the D'Addario pack on the fretboard, and it looks really nice and uh, clean now. And uh, what else did I do? Oh, I put the, a set of 11s of the XTs on this. Yeah. And combined with the new trim and the XTs being a little bit oh, being a that's... little bit bigger and also sliding because they're coated in the nut, it's been super tuning stable. Like right after putting strings on it, like. I was sitting on the couch the other night jamming with it and just abusing the bar and didn't right. have to tune it once. So I'm super That's stoked. Cool. I'm going to use this thing a heck of a lot more now. Um, I originally, when I got this thing, was thinking I was going to do a bunch of mods to it right? and get creative with it. But I've just kind of fallen in love with it in its stock condition. I even like all the little, little weird different like switching eccentricities that Jaguars have. Yeah. Like this is a mid-cut here. Mm-hmm. And on the neck position, you cut those mids, it sounds like a really fat bridge pickup. I really like the rhythm circuit. Like, you, these are like the things most people bypass and put other things in there. Because yeah. they're like, oh, I, don't, I don't use a rhythm circuit. I actually really like the rhythm circuit on my Jaguar. Well, you know, that was kind of like Mike's whole thing, talking about all that when, when he was down here. Or not when he was down here, but when he did the... Uh, or was it when he was down here? Yeah, it might have been. Um just talking about how like people say, Oh, this is a, uh, this, you know, all of this stuff is dumb and whatever. And he's like, and he was like, well, the first thing is that everyone puts, you know, their favorite string gauge on it. They don't try to use 11s or 12s first. They go straight yeah. back to like nines or tens. And so, and then they're like, Oh, this sounds thin. This sets up the thin. And it's like, well, that's because it's like, you need to have your string gauge to hold the, the bridge in place. They're shorter scale. They can take a really heavy string, like you could put twelves on here just yeah. fine, and it holds the the whole bridge together. 
and it makes the break angle across the bridge make more sense. And it just, I switched it from 10s to 11s, and it feel, felt like it came alive. I didn't even, like, I was messing around with it earlier. I didn't, I don't even think I realized that it had 11s on it. But when I, uh, at NAM, and when I, I mean, I, that is that, sh- that 24 yeah. inch scale thing is like, even with added 11s, it, they, 11s been like 10s on the scale. Sure. Uh, at NAM, I was playing at the Surfy Bear booth, and they had this uh, Jazzmaster Jaguar there. I think a Jazzmaster that felt like it had 14s on it. The strings were super fat and still played great. And I was like, I need to put heavier strings on my Jag. Yeah. I just do. So I've been talking a lot about moving guitars and like selling stuff. And I was thinking that since this is so much better now, mm-hmm. and I'm planning on getting a lot more use out of it, I was thinking maybe I should sell my Squire Jazzmaster. And we were talking about a bit a little bit before recording, and I think you've talked me out of it, but I mean I don't have anything with Jazzmaster pickups in it. It is a fun guitar, it's a great playing guitar. Yeah. It's got a mastery on it. If I was gonna sell it, I would salvage that mastery off of it and put a, a stock uh Jazzmaster bridge on it. But I'm thinking maybe instead of selling it, because there's other guitars I could sell, I should go on a mod journey with it. Maybe just like an aesthetic mod journey. Like maybe a refin thing, changing hardware on it. I really love the neck pickup on it. I love the Jazzmaster neck pickup, but I don't really care about the bridge pickup. So, <laughs> so maybe I'll do some kind of different bridge pickup on it. I don't know, but it's a, it's a Squire classic vibe. It feels completely different from the Jaguar. Yeah. The well, neck, it's a longer scale. The neck shape is different. The, the neck, neck shape, shape is, is very different. It's very classic vibe. Like it's a great oh, neck. Yeah. 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 But it's like, it's fatter and like wider feeling. It's also like way grosser. Yeah. I need to clean it. <laughs> so I should, I should figure out what I'm going to do with this. Take the strings off, do what I'm going to do, put new strings on it. And get experimental with this guitar. I was thinking kind of like maybe my first step of changing the look on it is steel wool the finish and take it from gloss to matte. That could be interesting. Because it's just see what kind happens. of like nice black to red to yellow burst here. Just make sure you uh I could always polish tape it off back. your magnetics. Oh sure. I could have well, I would remove everything before I would oh, take it okay. down to just yeah, the body. Yeah, that's true. Uh I've always I, I could always polish it back to shine if I wanted to, because this, this finish is totally thick enough, and I have polishing equipment. Um, but that I've always, finish re- is thick. I've always really appreciated like a matte finish on a sunburst, right? But I kind of want to swap the pick guard too. I don't know. They're, it gives me ideas. I've got ideas for projects now. So I think I'm gonna instead of selling this, I think I'm gonna sell that Harley Benton MS60 or contest it out or something. Are you? Do you think you can actually get anything for that thing? I think I could contest it out and do like a fun thing. It's not in here. Oh, okay. it's, it's in a case in the I'm other room. I was looking around. Yeah. You got anything new? Uh, I got a new couch. Couch stock. Couch. I got a <laughs> Kivik from Ikea. It took about two and a half hours to build. Nice. And uh, I guess... What do you have to build on that? You just have to like... You have to put the cover you on You basically it, huh? have to attach the the base to like the seat part to the back... And you have to attach the arms, and somewhere in there you gotta attach the uh, the covers. IKEA Kivik. I'm gonna look up. It just what you takes got. up a ton. Like it takes up a ton of space. We got the uh, the oh the, that looks classy the sectional 
the full sectional. Yeah. What so, color did you get? Um, the medium gray. So I think that one where your thumb is right now. No, the other one. That one. That one. That's cool. Let me know how it wears. I want to get a yeah. new. I, I want to get a new couch it, for the living room. It needs to wear some because right now it's like super stiff. Right. But I know the ones in the store like were pretty comfortable. So I think they'll I break want in a firm couch though. You do? I do want a firm couch. Well, so this is supposed to be like all kind of like memory foamish. Mm-hmm. So I think it basically the firmness depends on how like how rough you are on it. Maybe. So the the know. couch you had was that the the couch that you had when you guys got married and moved in there? No. Um, you had a replacement was before a replacement then. One. We had a, that brown couch. Do you remember the brown couch? I don't remember. How dare you? Sorry. We don't Sorry, really... I don't know every, our place, all, your, all your couches. Our place is so small, actually. I, I don't even know if we've, we like almost never have company because we can't really have more than like yeah. two people over at a time. And with the kids, it's more like that. Oh, yeah. those are our two people. Well, we've got a big old place, you know, relatively speaking for San Diego's terms. And like, when the kids are doing kid stuff, it feels like no one can be anywhere near this house. Like yeah. it's bananas here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've, we've got the same couch as we had when we got married over a decade ago and uh, they've seen better days. I've had to, I've had to cut open uh, the bottom of one of the couches and rescue it a few times. Cause like the beams inside have rusted. Oh yeah. See our couch was like the issue that we had with the old couch with two issues. One, it was microfiber. So, you know, any kind of water that got in it was like really yeah. stainy. And then the other issue is that it had um, attached, like everything was attached and they were like really stretching out. Oh, like the cushions like were the attached. the cushions were attached. Oh, so it was lame. getting like super stretched out. So like you'd just be like, you'd sit in it and because like, I'm just like, I'm yeah, freaking yeah. on a couch. So I'm like. This is good podcasting right here. Um, Guitar stuff. Like just laying back and then I'd get up and I'd look at it and like the cushion would be like six inches off the now, front end to bring it around to guitar stuff if i got a new couch i kind of like what you're getting where the armrests are really low we've got high armrests on our couch it makes it hard to sit and play guitar i wouldn't have even thought of that if i could get a couch with low armrests well there you go man you should get you it'd should be get super a nice ikea ikea give us an affiliate link we've got those ikea couches in the other like uh like yeah, I don't. Even, I don't ever know what to call that space. It's attached to the kitchen, but it's like a little like hangout area. It's a family family. And we room. don't use those couches hard, but they've survived really well. They're still I think in really good shape. Technically, that space would be a living room, and your living room would be a den. I don't know. I don't know. How I think works. of the use as the other one as more of a den. See, I don't know what. Jeez, oh, like a den is more like occasional hangout, and the living space is like all the time hangout. Oh, gotcha. All right, this week's uh, album is. I don't, I don't want to talk. <laughs> couch about, talk! I don't want to get that deep into couches. <laughs> I want to get so deep in a couch. <laughs> I never want to get out. <laughs> this album is uh, a Florence by Covet. It's, I think it's Efflores. Efflores? Efflores. You'd know better than me. You know how to read, and I, I just kind of fake it. Uh, this was the 2000, I think, 18 release from the band Covet, which is. Yvette Young's band who, you know, this year got a, um, a signature, signature guitar with, with Ibanez. You know, I didn't know anything about her. And then I tried her guitar at Nam, and I freaking fell in love with it. It's super cool guitars, like slime, sparkly green Talman with single coils. Of course, I'm going to love it. And uh, then we went and listened to this album today and I'm ready to talk about it. What do All you right, think, Steve? Let's talk about it. 
What do you think about this? What do you th- what do you think about this album? It is it. I mean, it's a, it's funny because we've been listening to classic albums, mm-hmm. and they're like proper albums. They're like twelve, fifteen yeah, songs. Yeah, this was, and a... you can feel the line between like here's the singles and here's the B sides. This is very much a collection of songs from our era of song making, where it's like, does an album make sense? Let's put out an EP. It's like here's a, a collection of songs that go together. And none of this is going to make the radio. So why even bother trying to make a pop song? Let's make the music that we make. Like that's the vibe I get off of it. You know? Yeah. It's not made with any concern for like, let's make a radio hit. It's made for like, let's do the thing that we do. Here's it. Like deal with it. Um, cause none of this is ever going to get played on the radio. Right? Like this is, this is never going to be on anybody's pop list. Like this is, very kind of like nerdy, mathy, proggy. Yeah. So, so like, what, like not for everyday people sort of stuff. So do you, do you, have you, do you listen to this kind of music ever? No. Okay. So, but I, I mean, think, I mean, I don't avoid it. I think I, Nam was the first space where I heard Yvette Young, um, was when she was doing the pickup demo at this, at the Seymour Duncan booth before then. Okay. I, I don't think I'd listened to Covet. I'd heard her name thrown around a lot, but I just hadn't listened to it. Um, but this style of music, I actually listened to, I think a decent amount of music in this, within the genre. Interesting. Um, and, and particularly in, I don't know if I, and this is a full circle and it, it's going to get kind of, here we go. Uh, maybe angry and maybe this is, Buckle maybe, maybe this should have been the introduction to, um, to emo oh is I should have made you listen to American football. Um, which would have been double fun because it would have been a mathy emo band that has a sports name. <laughs> um, but like, this is this like kind of like music where it's like not necessarily tapping, but these like musical loops and like sure. super melodic guitar lines um, was like one of like the, my big exposures going like young when I was younger. And then I kind of like just got, got away from it. But um there's definitely a lot of, of bands. Some of them are more like mathy like this. Others are more just kind of like, um, I don't know if ambience the right word. Sure. Uh, but like explosions in the sky or Mogwai. Uh, so anyway, I super enjoyed this al- album, but I am oh, I enjoyed in the same space where it's like, um, you know, this is the kind of music that I would just put on and like, yeah, let it happen. Well, let it happen to you, man. Here's some, here's some of my notes aggressively chill mood <laughs> like aggressively chill. Like, like the, I mean the playing and the music music ship of it all the skill right. of it all is very aggressive and there's a lot going on but even though it's very busy and very like ADD and constantly changing there's yeah. something relaxing and just chill about it like just the overall mood of it i i'm not quite sure how to describe it or wrap my head around that um, one of my thoughts was, I wonder how much of this I could play. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, going back to what you just said, this is great soundtrack of your life type music background for whatever you happen to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. This nice. is, this is a, this kind of music I think is really fun. Like for, yeah, whatever you're doing, but it's also like, I mean, it's just like zone out and, and I, I, you know, aggressively chill is such like an apt because like if you ever watch like videos of math rock groups, 
Um, there's so much happening. And, yeah. and if you really like... Is that technically what this is? Is this math rock? I would call it math. All right. I mean, I, I don't know what else you call it. It's like indie, whatever. Um, Wikipedia calls it math. Cool. Math. It felt Too like math when I was listening to it. Like long division. <laughs> like this song is long division. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to start a band called Long Division, but it's like not math because I'm not good at guitar. Um, it's like uh, it's like grammar rock. It's history rock. <laughs> um, yeah, everything about this is like there were it's it's just really smooth and I the th first thing that caught me is the first track and we listened to it on Bandcamp. I'll actually post a link uh to the Bandcamp um sure. on in the show notes. One of my thoughts on it too was that uh during the time in my life when I was going to like open mics and things like that yeah. and going to, you know, local shows and whatever, there was a certain genre of player who had learned how to do this double tapping thing on acoustic guitars right. and they would stand on stage and they would just do this trick that they had learned over and over again. And none of it would sound like a song. Mm. This sounds like the evolution of that trick right. where it is a lot of the double tapping is a lot of two handed technique, but it's come around into making something more than just like, look at me play this technique. This come into like, here are musical ideas. Here are, you know, concepts and here are songs, even right. though these songs are very ADD. And I say that as someone with ADD, by the way, don't say that I'm you know, speaking Ryan, out of class. Remember uh, the last time you said you were ADD and someone commented that you were probably ADHD? I'm not. <laughs> I know what I am. Uh, so anyways, uh, but it, it, it changed, like the songs kind of like explore completely different directions at least four or five times per song. Yeah. Um. And it's just not what I was experiencing when I was seeing people playing this style at open mic nights years and years ago, like that, over a decade ago. It seems like it's just really matured and it's yeah. become well, I think some a much stronger is, concept. I think some of that is what happens when one, when you have like a full band behind it. Like, Oh, it, absolutely. It, it has to kind of like have more of a direction. It can't just, which, which while, I mean, those like acoustic guys, it's not like they were like totally ad-libbed, but there was definitely like a. And girls. Uh, Not there's just guys. definitely like a de skill demonstration. Right. It I, kind of felt like when you watch someone play Chapman stick at the County fair. Ex right. Right. And it's like, uh, even with Chapman stick, like someone will play like a song, but it feels like this is more about technique than song. Right. It's like, Oh cool. Yeah. You figured out how to play ba bass lines and rhythm parts and melody lines at the same time. Awesome. Now can yeah. you just play a simple song that means something where this like, this isn't playing simple songs, but it's, playing stuff that's like its own thing. Like it's unique. Like it's its own song. It's its own music. It's not just a demonstration of technique. Yeah. It's music is the music is, exists for its own purpose to be the, the music that it is. Does that make sense? Am I just rambling? No, I mean, I, I think that's true. And I think, you know, it's not music for technique's sake. It's music for the music's sake. Right. Uh, I think if you, if you liked this, you know, okay. I, it's, it's like you said, like you haven't ever really like dove into like this style of music. Right. Not to get away from Covet, because this this is definitely like a a top notch example of, yeah, like, yeah. of this style. Um, but you know, send us suggestions of artists you think Ryan should listen to that are similar. Sure. Um, 
I really enjoyed that it was all instrumental too. I mean, I yeah, obviously and, love instrumental music. And so this is one like so I think Yeah. I have a feeling I if I if I put that on in the car, actually I I can't speak for sure, but if I put it on in the car, I wonder how my wife would react to it. Would it drive hmm. her bonkers or would she be relaxed? What by would it? my wife think? <laughs> Call back to early episodes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you, what did, have you shown Melissa this kind of music, or does she listen to this music on her own? I don't think Melissa listens to music on her own. <laughs> yeah, how do you think she would react to it? I don't know. I think if I put it on in the car, it'd probably be okay. But I, you know, I think she, I think, I think she would absorb depend. it, and then she would reference it at a surprising time years later. Yeah, but and it would probably would... be like, hey, remember that one time you put on this music that just was a bunch of like guitars doing loopy things? Um, because I think that my wife is the kind of person who needs vocals to ground the music. I don't know about vocals, but I definitely see, I would see her needing stronger melody lines where this isn't melody music. Like you're not humming, right. you're not humming any of this music. I don't think there was any part in any of these songs where it was like, oh, I could, that's the melody hook, and I could, like... Oh, for sure. There's definitely not a hook. That, you, I, know? you can definitely get these songs stuck in your head. As we've talked about this, I just suddenly have never meant by American football looping in my brain, uh, which, you know, is, is what it is, but... Um, I'm glad I don't know what that sounds like, so it's not happening to me. No. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. Uh, Any final thoughts, Steve? Or is your brain broken? No, I think that's uh, that's about all I got. Um, yeah, you, I don't know indie rock, math rock, whatever you want to call it. I'm just it's, kind of excited that that uh, people in general seem to be excited about this very instrumental music that yeah is very guitar oriented, but isn't more of the same like shredder schlock like classic rock throwback sort of thing or like blues rock throwback sort of thing like it feels fresh yeah and there's definitely like a high level of skill going on with the execution of these songs i think it's i think it's cool i think it's exciting i hope uh there's more stuff like this in the future and i think people should be listening to stuff like this and introducing their non-guitarist friends to music like this and like hey listen to this cool aggressively chill music that I've been listening to. It will hold you down and whisper in your ear softly and you will not be able to fight it. You want to, uh, hold on. I'm going to read something. All right. Read it. I need to, no, I'm not going to read it on the thing. I just wanted to, Oh, see. you want to read it to yourself silently. Yeah. Post, on a podcast. Rock, post rock was the other thing I was, I post rock and math rock are kind of post rock is math rock without the math. Yeah. It's like that. that's that ambient genre I was trying to think of earlier is post-rock. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, this episode is brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. That's right. They make pedals more creative than you are. They've got a full lineup of everything except a flange. Don't ask about flangers. They don't make flangers. They tried it. They're not doing it anymore. Um. Well, go check out their lineup at uh, www.chaseblissaudio.com. I use the Dark World all the time. That has become yeah. my, my spacey, octavey, 
shimmery, like disappear into ambience machine when I'm playing at church or at home. I love the dark world. It's such a cool reverb. And there's so many like weird things you can do with it and normal things you can do with it too. And I love, I love that about chase bliss is that you can do normal stuff like stuff you would expect in a normal version of that pedal. And you can do stuff that you could never accomplish with any other pedal that's ever been created. Chase bliss audio. They make pedals more creative than you are. Steve already said that, but it's a good line and I'm proud of it. We came up with that. That's our line. Chase bliss didn't tell us to say that we came up with it. Copyright. Trademark. Uh, topic? <laughs> yeah, this first topic was sent by, um, was it Simon? I screen grabbed it. I should pull it up. Uh, where did you go? Simon Jeffries, he asked, why are pick guards made with the most vile patterns? In fact, why can't you just pick the color of the pick guard when you buy the guitar? That would be interesting if if when you bought a new guitar, if you ordered it online, you could choose. I say you can, as it is right now, you can choose between three colors of paint, usually a, a handful of paint options. Yeah, it would be neat if you could mix and match pick guards with any you know newish guitar order. I know that's hard for retailers. You'd have to be ordering direct from the builder, but I don't know. That's a kind of a fun idea. But I think there are certain uh, there's certain color combinations that are just classic. You can't argue with a white pit guard or a black pit guard against most colors. I don't know what Steve's doing right now. He's texting. Um. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> it's very strange that Steve is texting. No, I'm getting odd text messages from my wife. Oh, okay. The, the couch is haunted. Come home. She thinks she heard the dryer close. Like she was asleep upstairs, and then she thinks she heard the dryer close. I'm telling she you, that couch is haunted. She messaged me if I was home. And I said, no, I'm still recording. She goes, but I just heard a sound downstairs. Like a distinctive sound. We are recording on Friday the 13th. All right, so, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Back in the day, did you have more options? Sometimes you get pick guard options because it's like... I don't think we've ever had more options than we have now. I think now is the golden age of options. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, back in the day, what was it? Like the classic Fender colors were just white, red, and blue. Right. But did they all have the same? I guess they would have all had the or same. Or sunburst. Guard. And you would, you would either get a white pick guard or you would get a tortoise pick guard. And I don't think black pit guards were really a thing until maybe the seventies. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of early examples. I mean, at thinking least of, of fenders, like Fender. Gibson, yeah, you know, Gibson's you had, had black pit guards. When was the earliest Fender with a black pit guard? I'm going to ask Google. They're all used to the voicing. Earliest Fender with a black pit guard. Wow, it is so confused. Oh my gosh. Earliest Fender with a black person pick. Well, it's so. Oh, okay. I've ruined this. What? <laughs> Screw it. Someone else answer that question. Let us know down in the comments. 
Um, well, like, what kind of options would you like to Steve, see, Steve? Like, well, what is he talking about with, like, ugly patterns? Is he talking about moto or is he talking about tortoise? Like, what is going on? You know, that I don't really, I don't know if I really understand because I just think of pit guards as being, like, white or black or, I guess, perloid. And perloid would be where you start getting into, like, something yeah. that might be ugly. I think a lot of times perloid is ugly, but sometimes it just works perfectly against certain colors. I think a lot of times tortoise has the same problem. It could be somewhere between beautiful and hideous. Um, so maybe that's what he's talking about. Maybe he's talking about the cut pattern, like the, the shape pattern. I don't know. I generally like a bit of pit guard on all my guitars. I don't like guitars that don't have any pit guard at all. Cause it just gives you a nice, like visual tension and visual weight. Steve is still figuring out the haunted situation in his house. This just, is all very strange. Just it is her, Friday the 13th. Just tell her to walk downstairs with the gun and start shooting wildly. I don't have a gun. Well, there's your problem. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just shoot at the, at the dryer. <laughs> I thought the dryer broke uh, like a week ago. And the I was ghost just... fixed it. Your house is super haunted right now. Um, are you going to be able to finish the episode, Steve? Are yeah, you too, are you too so. shook? I'm not shook. I just don't know if I'm going to be demanded to come home. Uh, the pick guard designs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like moto on some things. I don't know. Like, I like kind of all pick guards. And I I don't know what, like, a weird design would be. Like, is, I don't like it is when tortoise there's, like, shell a weird design? I don't think so. I don't like it when there's, like, photo designs or, like, printed designs, you know, or, like, faked texture designs. Right. Like, if there's, like, a, a diamond plate pick guard, like, get out of town. No way. <laughs> you see that ghost drop my phone? <laughs> uh, this um, is hot podcasting right now. This yeah, is the I don't, good there, stuff. I, the thing is, is, like, so then what's that company up the coast that does um, the pick guards? <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no idea, dude. <laughs> the company up the coast that does the pick guards. Well, we're in San Diego, so you could be talking. No, they're like Central Coast. They're like all Central the way coast. up to Al Alaska, I guess. They're like uh, Central Coast. Central Deco Boom. Oh, are they? Uh, are they in California? I thought they were. For some reason, I always like assumed they were in Austin or something. Maybe I'm just think they're in. Maybe I just want everything cool to be in California. Oh, most things that are cool are in California, Steve. True, that's true. Deal with it, everyone else, everywhere else. We got all the cool stuff here. We got the beaches. We've got the sunset. We've got avocados. And we've got Deco Boom, maybe. Oh, and also uh, we've got ghosts in Steve's house that he's still texting about. <laughs> um, well, I'm just thinking of Deco Boom because they make real like some really cool pit guard designs. Yeah, I just I don't know. Like when Sometimes I think about a stock pit yeah. guard, I'm like, they're fine. I, I definitely do see pit guard designs where I'm like, I don't like that color on that on right. that body. Um, and I will say what is kind of a mess and every, well, not every company fender is the, you know, the main, uh, 
culprit here is, you know, all, there's all these different pick guard designs. And even when you figure out like, oh, I counted the screws. I need a 13 screw pick guard. Right. Even between 13 screw pick guards, those screws will be in different positions. Yeah. And there's like uh, a million different versions of like a jazz master pick guard. Yeah. So you'll never be able to find a replacement. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of like strats, but once you get into like the, you know, the, the jags or the, the offsets and stuff, like it gets really ugly. I kind of don't like this tort on the sunburst. I kind of wish it was white on sunburst. I could see white, but I, I'm holding I, up my squire. You know, I would not use, Jazz I master. wouldn't do white. I would do either parchment or mint. Parchment would be nice. You know what would look really nice is anodized gold, like the anodized yeah, gold, anodized gold on this, or mm. even anodized silver. I don't know if I can if I can visualize that. I can. <laughs> That's because you're an artist, or because you actually know what it looks like, and I don't. I used my imagination. Ooh. I also, I also would like. I like single ply pick guards. I would would not mind a nice thin single ply white pick guard on there as like a classy flat sort of look instead of like the multi-ply look. Um, also like a jazz master, nothing is hanging off of that pit guard. Mm. Everything is screwed into the body. The pickups are screwed in the body. All those control plates are screwed into the body. So it doesn't matter if the pit guards kind of thin. I just think that would be kind of, kind of a neat look. Be a little bit thinner, a little bit lighter looking. Right. Steve's really hung up on this ghost. He can't stop thinking no, about it. No, I'm trying to think of anything else to say about pit guards. <laughs> What's the ugliest pit guard you can think of? Like the red, like the red tortoise. Yeah, the red tortoise can be pretty ugly. Especially every once in a while, I see red tortoise pop up on like, like uh, cobalt blue. <laughs> oh yeah, and I don't like I don't like that moto that is just the stark white moto that is like so crisp looking. That it like hurts your eyes. Like when when I see moto that I like, it's kind of like aged yellow mm. and still really deep and iridescent, but it's like a softer iridescent. Right. Like right. with bigger cells. Like the the modern bright white moto, like the cells in it are really tight and compact. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's I've crazy. never seen Steve like this. He's shook. He's white as a ghost. I just don't know anything about pick. Well, I mean, I know what pick guards are, and I know what colors I like. I remember, like actually thinking about that, like um, the, the sunburst, because I think of that sunburn ba- sunburst jazz base I had had like uh-huh. a parchment pick guard. Yeah, that was real classy. Yeah, I put parchment on my V. I like the way that pick guard looks on your. V. I don't. It yellowed super bad. Oh well, maybe I just haven't seen it in a while then. Ryan's pulling it down. Oh, yeah, that's very... I, it was hanging near a window, and it yelled the pickguard super bad. It was like stark white when I cut that pickguard. So I want to re... I word my little bargo. It must be in a case somewhere. Uh, I want to recut the pickguard and have the white contrast going on. I might redo this guitar, too, to have a hot rail on the bridge pickup. This guitar wants to be metal. It wants to be <laughs> fast and high gain. Doesn't try... it? This cold sparkle. I know, but the, the way it plays, like it just wants to be fast. Because it's a V, like big surprise, Ryan. You tried to make a flying V that would play like a surf guitar, and instead it still just plays like a flying V. Huge mistake. Huge. Way to carry the show, Steve, while I was doing something. No problem. (laughs) I'm letting everyone recover from that huge joke I just made. Nice huge joke there. 
<laughs> All right. This uh, next ad was sent by Daniel Esporma. It's, uh, it says, Lovey's guitar has up for grabs this awesome 1974 Fender Stratocaster and a gorgeous walnut mocha finish. This guitar is absolutely awesome. As an original neck pickup, but the bridge is a very special Gibson Tim Shaw pickup, which was produced by Gibson from 1980 to 1985. These humbuckers were are some of the most collectible pickups of all time and are sought for their phenomenal tone and versatility. The bridge pickup is a DiMarzio PAF, which is very popular as the strap locks and one of the knobs replaced it is in great vintage shape. If it's had everything replaced, it's not really in great vintage shape, right? Fantastic, pristine vintage shape. Nothing is original. The finish is excellent and looks great. It has some markings, but nothing unexpected for the age. No breaks, cracks, or repairs. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, this guitar does look pretty freaking cool. It really kind of does. I saw this thing pop up and I was like, that is kind of sexy. Is that even the original bridge from that era? I don't know. Is that, is that a finish that was a thing? I don't think I've ever seen this finish before. This walnut mocha. It's like, it's the sort of thing. Like if someone described it to you, you'd be like, oh, that sounds kind of boring, but there's something about it with that black pit guard, white pickups, with the like the satin nickel humbucker in the middle position, just everything working together looks really slick and classy. It even looks good with the the uh, the '70s headstock with the bullet bullet truss sticking out. I like the '70s headstock with the bullet truss. I don't like it without the bullet truss. This is a sharp looking guitar, and it looks like it's gonna sound good. Does that make yeah. sense? Like you look at those pickups, and you're like, this thing's gonna sound good. The Tim Shaw humbucker in the middle position is a little jarring to me. Well, that's like say. the MC five sort of loadout, right. like the, the humbucker in the middle position on a, on a 70 strat. Like that is Wayne Kramer. That's the guy's name, right? Yes. That is like just pure MC five right there. It just doesn't have the American flag motif. Right. So this does appear to be an original finish that Fender offered. Really? Um, I wish I could get more examples of it to load, but there's one from actually from 2017 and right next to it is one from the seventies. Oh yeah. I've seen Mustangs in this finish. I, yeah, I didn't make that connection. Walnut mocha. They should re, uh, they should redo that finish. They should reissue something with a walnut mocha finish. I guess I've never heard it called walnut mocha. Yeah. Because the 72 Telecaster reissues were in that color. That was like I just yeah. thought it was brown. It looks different for some reason though. This is this feels a little different. Yeah. No, this maybe it's one just is the very, lighting. This one's really warm. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, usually when I see them, they're more of a. I feel like a little does, darker and a little redder. It does look like a hot drink, like a mocha. <laughs> um, this Demarzio pickup has a patent applied for sticker on it, but I rem I was somebody the guy who posted this was asking about it. Um, and I guess that was like a different um, pickup that they had out there. Uh, I just, I, for the life of me, I don't remember what oh, the I don't name know. of it was. It's a different um, looking kind of single coil. It's not a PAF like the humbucker. It's something else that had a patent applied for. No. And the thing is, is people call these DiMarzio patent applied fors. And so then they get confused with, the Gibson paths, right. which are also patent applied for. And because that's just a sticker that says like, we made this thing and we applied for a patent. Yeah. Don't copy it. We promise we're going to own it someday. 
Uh, but this guitar looks well played, but also well cared for for its age. Like you can see that the tuners were swapped out, and someone very skillfully doweled the holes and and uh, and did a really clean job of that. You know, the modification to the pit guard with the humbucker is really clean. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised it doesn't have different saddles on the bridge because that's like that cheap looking. Yeah, saddle. I was kind of confused about that as well. I was trying to figure out if that's what would have been on this era of strat, but I don't think it would be. Yeah. It, that, that I've always seen saddles like that on like eighties guitars. Yeah. Um, but you never know. I mean, maybe that was an upgrade they did in the eighties because they're like, Oh, this is the hot new saddle design versus the punched steel design. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, but I would, I would swap those, uh, saddles. Would I go full modern, like those big brick saddles or would I go punch steel? I think I'd go punch I steel think on this. I'd go punch steel. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be the right look for this. I think the big block modern ones are just too modern for what this guitar wants. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very charming. And it's only like two grand, right? Yeah, one nine ninety five. Uh... For seventy four. I don't know what seventy fours usually go for. No, that's a decent price. Yeah. All things considered. I mean, um, I think 74s, you could probably get a little bit more at this point for one of these. But, um, you know, given the modifications, I think that's more This is in Los fair. Angeles. And you know what? It looks like these saddles might actually be... That stock? That is like the stock saddle from that era. There you go. I'm finding some other... Um, Shows what I know. 70s strats that have the same you know, this, style bridge. This is a side tangent. I've seen people every now and then online criticize us by saying that we don't know any everything or anything or very much i just want to say Pick one that's kind of the point <laughs> this is, we're regular people and this is the way we talk about gear and we're including you in it the listener and it's not about us being experts it's you know not we'll, about us knowing everything and i'm gonna let you talk about all whatever our you're talking about down. for now are you gonna go pee I am, sir. <laughs> it's not about us knowing everything or being encyclopedias. We do know some things, but it's more about the journey. It's more about exploring this hobby that we love. And, you know, all the information is out there. We don't have to, like, study up on stuff and try to act like we know everything before we present it in a podcast. We're going on a journey together, and we're taking you with us. So that's my uh, my two cents on that line of thought. And now I'll edit Steve coming back from the bathroom. He has returned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have a sponsor? Uh, we don't. I just want to say, if you are someone who's listening, who runs a company or you're part of a company that produces gear or something else you'd like to uh, advertise on the podcast, hit us up. We've got open uh, sponsor spots and you're listening Lots of other people are listening. I'd say uh, an estimated 5,000 people listen to each new episode in its first month that it goes live. Yeah. So there's a real audience there of people who are intimately interested in music instruments and their purchase and collectability and just thinking about them all day. It's a marketable audience. And now that you've begged for money, uh, Scott Hamilton says that in honor of the impending coronavirus epidemic, uh, pandemic 
and Friday the 13th. Can you talk, uh, Steve? Are you okay? I, I'm, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you guys, Steve is shook by this ghost situation. Uh, he requests a somber reflection on our friendship. All right. I don't think I can do this. <laughs> Just start laughing. If you were, if you, if if I was a ghost, what would you say about me, Steve? Because that's clearly oh all you're thinking about right now. Um, actually, it's funny. Uh, semi-related. Um, I somebody posted this thing today that was like, oh, at like, you know, basically just type the at to bring up like people to tag, uh-huh. and the third person on the list is the person that you have to like survive the apocalypse oh with. My gosh, and my person was Adam. <laughs> I don't know what that is actually based on, like how Facebook generates those lists. It's probably rando. I don't think it's completely yeah. rando, but. Yeah. I'm going to say, Steve, even though we're likely dead at this point when this airs, thankfully yeah. someone's edited it and published it for us. Um, we are dead from the coronavirus now or from looters, roving packs of cannibals. The ghost in my house. The ghost in your house. Uh, I really have had a, a fantastic time uh, doing this show with you, Steve, and making all this content with you and what we've built based on really just two friends chatting about guitar gear on microphones instead of just doing it over instant messenger. Yeah. Yeah. When we started out, it was like, oh, we'll do this thing. And I think I always thought like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll still be doing this in like five years, six years or whatever. But then to still be doing it is like really kind of nuts and then and have it be slightly profitable every yeah. now and then and like to the other every once in a while because i do i have this app called um i don't know what it's called it's got a dinosaur in it mm. uh, time hop okay and it's like basically like you can log in like you can log use it to log into your different social media accounts and then it, it will tell you like what you posted on that day so every once in a while like pictures from when we were like in what i think is now now would be it would eventually be Edith's room. Does Edith have yeah. her own room? Yeah, that's her room. Um, you know, and it's like, oh man, like we used to just sit like facing each other, yelling at each other across the room, like like voices bouncing it through microphones. Yeah, yeah, it was a terrible situation acoustically in there. Yeah, so as a nightmare to edit, and we, here we are in a faux studio, <laughs> in the corner of a garage, which yeah. is much better acoustically. Um, but go. yeah, it's a it's been a long weird trip, and it's definitely weird to be six years into it and have it just suddenly start feel like it's making sense financially. <laughs> I mean, so anyways, it, the, I mean, it was never supposed to yeah, make sense financially. No, no, it's always supposed to be a hobby. And foolishly, I took it too far. Uh, <laughs> anyways, I'm sad that we're both dead from coronavirus now. Yeah, me too. Or, being dead sucks. Yeah, being dead sucks. I hate it. Now the ghost that killed me in my house has to deal with the fact that I'm haunting my own house. Yeah, you're haunting the house and having to... Sh- it's like you're subletting. Yeah. <sighs> Come on, man. What's up with that? I By the time that this episode airs, like this whole thing might be over. Or it might be so much worse. We don't even know. Hello, future Ryan. Comment on YouTube and Facebook about what has happened in the events since this episode was recorded. Did you just tell yourself to comment? Yes. Update me, future self, (laughs) so I know what's happening. Dear Ryan, when you recorded this episode, we were on the verge of a massacre. (laughs) I just imagined the the beginning of Doogie Howser, MD, 
when you started doing that, where he's like <laughs> typing his diary on like the old computer. A deep throwback. Damn, son. <laughs> I'm surprised no one's tried to reboot Doogie Hauser. They should just follow up with him. That actor could still play himself and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm still a doctor. I'm just... He's probably not doing anything. I, I don't know. Is Neil Patrick Harris doing something? Yeah, he's always working. I don't know. Like, I am, is How I Met Your Mother still on? I am still a doctor, and I am still just as competent, although I am of appropriate age now. You know what would be funny is a Doogie Hauser reboot, but he has to deal with some hot new kid. Oh. Who should be in junior high, but he works as a doctor. I'm thinking, and he's like, "Kid, I was you. You're insufferable. Was I this way? Damn, this sucks." Okay, here's what I'm thinking: Doogie has a reboot. This episode is off the rails. Similar to a crazy train. <laughs> Doogie has a reboot. House in the style of House, young kid. Doogie Hauser, but now Doogie Hauser is this crotchety old man. Yeah, who who's seen it all. Everybody. And who's kind of like, you don't need to know everything. Every Everything I solve is with instinct now. I threw all the books in the trash. Knowledge is for suckers. And then he's, he's how Steve is writing this down because he's going to write a spec script and pitch it. <laughs> False. <laughs> I just realized I had not picked a song for the end. We're going to go full Hollywood. All right, should we hit this last ad and get uh, out of here? Let's do some housekeeping first. Uh, oh, yeah. Housekeeping is a time of the show where we thank new uh, new supporters of the show. This week at the $1 level is Caden uh, Luttrell. I love those $1. At the $5 level is what? Vorp FX. No way. Who makes, uh, I think they make the Dodo, right? Yeah, they made the Dodo that they sent the to Dodo, me. The Dodo, the double D-O-D, the Dodo. I must have it somewhere because it's not on that shelf. Don't know where Were you, you messing around with it for your uh, for your uh, yeah. shootout recently? That you yeah, did? it might be somewhere. I don't know where I put it. It might be in one of those drawers. There it is. Steve found it. I need to get more of these shelves for the wall so I have everything up. Vorp FX, the Dodo. He did a great job on the thing. Thanks for uh, oh, yeah. thanks for supporting us on uh, Patreon. If you'd dude. like to support the show, it uh, helps put these IKEA shelves on the wall. It really it does. Sends Ryan to Summer Nam. Uh, sends me to other things sometimes. I'm going to go yeah. on a trip here very soon, thanks to Patreon money. Yeah. And to make some really cool content. Oh, yeah. With someone more famous than me. Um, every every dollar you guys so, uh, support us with counts. You know, we say it all the time. But, like, if everybody who listens to this show gave a dollar, like, <laughs> that would kind of be a, almost a full income. Listen, if everyone on the show gave a dollar, it it could replace the part full more than replace the parts of my income that I'm uh, supporting with other kinds of work. I could do this fully full time. Yeah. Instead of partially full time. Yeah. All right. Uh, you ready? Uh, so go. Yeah. Sorry. Before we move on, uh, patreon.com uh, slash 60 cycle hum cast. I think, you know, one of these days I'll actually look it up and write it down. We have an email address. 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. This last ad was sent by Isaac Arbeck. It's a status, the groove based autograph by President Trump. The description is this may be your only chance to buy a guitar personally signed by the president, Donald Trump, our 45th president, parentheses, or perhaps by any other president. This status, the groove base, was signed in Chicago many years ago when he was shooting The Apprentice. The autograph is in black marker and has a clear plastic film over the signature area so it won't get rubbed off. That's actually kind of smart. 
It looks just like a piece of packing tape, but yeah. whatever. Um, unfortunately, I have no way to authenticate the signature. So, da, 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 however, an authentic hand signed. Tr- it is, however, an authentic hand signed Trump autograph. The base is made in England by status, which I feel like is kind of ironic. Uh, a triple quill pick. Maybe that's why travel to Europe is banned, but not the UK because of this base. Because of this base, yeah. A uh, triple quill pickup and two band equipment, uh, EQ, put it in the Music Man sound range. There's some neck and body finished chips, dents that can be seen and felt, but do not affect playability. Um, blah, 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 blah. When I wanted to do this ad, I told Ryan this was a one and done. Ryan, ask me how much I would pay for this. Steve, how much would you pay for this? Billions and billions and billions and billions. And this week's song was sent by Blue Light Special. Uh, Matt in Blue Light Special, he said, I thought I'd throw you another tune off our latest EP, Chains, available on Bandcamp at quote, name your price, i.e. free. This song is called All Connected and features a Dan Electro 12 string. Why didn't I hit the download button earlier? (laughs) Here we go. Trying to call you on the phone Disconnected
ending i always like those vocals where like everything drops out and then it's like super panned like gang vocal yeah that was wild yeah do you feel like the songs people have been singing us are like way better lately they might be i feel like the quality has been bumped up or maybe it's just because i notice them more now that we listen to them together in room I yeah know. i don't uh, know we have been getting a lot of comments lately that people really like the songs so. yeah you like the songs definitely uh click on the click on the link in the show notes and check out these artists all right bye everybody stay grounded